Hello, everyone, and welcome. I'm Gilda Evans, bringing you the Autism Resource Podcast. This podcast and the ARP website are your one-stop knowledge and resource base for autism and much more. I'm very pleased to have Jay Baldwin as my guest today. Jay is currently serving as Kaleidoscope's Program Navigator for LGBTQ youth services and has been working with young people in the fields of education and social services for the past seven years. Growing up as a queer kid with very few resources or community had a lasting impact on Jay and ultimately led to their passion for serving LGBTQ youth. Jay previously served as the co-director of a summer camp for LGBTQ plus teens, an experience which inspired them to further their education in youth development through a one-year program at Inward Bound Mindfulness Education, an organization that trains professionals to bring in-depth, mindfulness-based, trauma-informed curriculum to youth. Welcome, Jay, and thank you so much for taking time to join me today to discuss your organization and the important work that you do. Thank you so much for having me, Gilda. I'm really looking forward to this conversation. So information that you provided to me prior to this episode says that there is significant overlap between LGBTQIA identities and autism. It also says that there is current research which estimates that up to 70% of autistic people identify as LGBTQIA+. Can you talk a little bit about what this means for these populations and how that might impact how they are generally received in the world? Yeah, I mean, this is such a, to me, a like fascinating intersection that I don't think is actually discussed enough. And I think, you know, when we talk about intersecting identities, this is when somebody has two or more identities that is really impacting how they move through the world. So, for example, if you're LGBTQ+, you're going to have to navigate um, coming out, discrimination, um, not knowing where you're safe, not knowing who's going to accept you, right? And then when you're autistic, when you're neurodivergent, you're also dealing with some of these things when it comes to the normative world, in this case, um, neurotypical people. So imagine as a queer or trans person, you're trying to navigate the heteronormative world. And then you're also neuro neurodiverse, you're autistic, you have one of those identities, and you're trying to navigate the neurotypical world. That's a pretty big ask. You know, that's a lot. It's one thing to you know, walk through the world and maybe have to navigate one identity that's challenging. But what about if you have two? What about if you have three? You're a person of color. You know, it's like you can be double disenfranchised, triple disenfranchised. Yeah, that's, <laughs> it's like, it's a, it can be a very a big challenge. And then especially when you're a young person, you're, you're going through puberty, you're trying to navigate just the challenges of everyday life as a young person, and you're adding on a queer or trans or autistic identity. You know, that's, that's a lot to ask for a young person, I think. I can only imagine. I mean, it must be incredibly frustrating, overwhelming, confusing. Um, I mean, it, it, it has to be a real challenge for people who are dealing with all these different identities on multiple levels. Tell me, what was your own coming out experience with your family like? And what did it teach you? 
So just for a little bit of context, I came of age in the early 90s. So I was, you know, a young, a young teen um, around that time. And there were, you know, I came from a loving family, which was wonderful. And also at the same time, I had no role models, you know, so even when you are in a loving family, just the lack of representation in the media in books, I only the only gay person I knew was Ellen DeGeneres. And I don't say that as to be hyperbolic or to joke or anything. I really that was the only person I knew. And, you know, I thought I didn't see a future. I didn't see how I could grow up to be a successful queer person, a happy queer person. So, you know, I held the secret for all of my teens and I finally did come out at when I was 18 to my mom and she was very accepting, but it wasn't really talked about for a long time afterwards. Um, there was still a sense of, well, how do I navigate life and how do I, I still had no guidance you know? So I think that love is so important, but also role models and guidance and community is really what would have truly set me up for a much more successful and just, you know, a a trajectory that didn't have so much trauma and shame around it. And what are the biggest lessons that you took away from that experience? I think the biggest lessons were, I mean, now that I'm, I'm grown, I've done a lot of healing. It sounds perhaps cliche, but there was absolutely nothing wrong with me. You know, I was wonderful just as I was. And I, it's one of the reasons I work with young people. I want to so enthusiastically and lovingly impart that to them, that they are exactly who they are, exactly where they need to be. Um, they're, they're beautiful just as they are. And, you know, I think it taught me a lot about how incredible actually it is to have an identity that is, you know, as society wants to define it as not normative. I love being queer. I love navigating life without these classically stereotypical scripts that society has offered to me. Um, So I think the greatest lesson it taught me was that um, my identity can actually be one of great joy and empowerment. Um, And like I said, without annoying the youth I work with too much. I try to impart that to them. Sometimes they're like, Oh my God, Jay, I I know. Stop. (laughs) (laughs) We know. (laughs) So. So what would you say to parents who are navigating the coming up process for their child? I would say, you know, I'm just going to take a moment for that one. I would say first, just keep an open mind. You know, um, I think, you know, a little bit before you and I were discussing how language is constantly evolving, identities are constantly evolving, and whether or not your child has, you know, an LGBTQ plus identity or not, they're going to be changing at quite a rapid pace. And they might come out to you one day as 
one identity and maybe six months later, they're, they've navigated and found some other identity that they resonate more strongly with. So that's kind of my long and short way of saying open-mindedness, patience. Um, and I think what I have seen in the parents that I work with that has been most impactful to youth is even if the parents don't fully understand they still impart like, we're here for you. We might make mistakes. And to like, I think that in that sense, I would impart like, show your humanity to your child. You know, you're not perfect. You're going to make mistakes. You might use the wrong, wrong pronoun. You might use the wrong name. Um, but that it can be collaborative, you know, like, oh my God, mom, you don't understand me. Like, you know, I'm trying, I'm really trying to understand. Um so I think, yeah, patience, open-mindedness, and just a willingness to learn are three really excellent tools for parents. Well, I think those are some pretty wonderful suggestions there. Um, so tell me, what inspires you to support the parents of LGBTQ plus autistic youth? I What inspires me is the emails I receive, the phone calls, the the stories that I hear, which is I can find a place for my child as a queer kid, but I can't find a place for him as an autistic kid, or I can find a place for him as an autistic kid, but he's not fitting in. She's not fitting in. She's not accepted by the queer community. So, you know, my, my heart just really opens to these parents who, as you know, we were talking about at the beginning of the podcast, what's it like to navigate two intersecting identities? It's hard. What's it like to be the, a parent of a child, watching your child try to fit in one place and not be able to fit into another place? So I think what inspires me is to create those spaces, which is what we are doing at Kaleidoscope and what we are doing, I think, as we move toward broader acceptance in our society, you know, asking people, what other identities do you have? If you're queer or trans, what other identities do you hold? How can we make space for those? Um, so I think what inspires me to work with parents is to create spaces for them that they haven't had before and let them know that like all of their child is welcome and not only welcome, but accommodated, seen, understood, um, not just tolerated or, oh, okay, they're autistic. All right, well, I guess we'll deal with that, you know, like really loved and understood. Is there anything at this point that we haven't covered, that we haven't discussed, that you want to be sure is brought out? that you want to be sure is said and that you want to be sure our listeners hear? Yes. Yeah, so um, that's a really, really wonderful question. And, you know, I do a lot of presentations in schools, classrooms, um, LGBTQ plus 101 education. And, you know, we cover so many topics and a lot of times I can see at the end, some people are still lost. They are worried. They haven't um, grasped all the information. They don't know all the terminology. Um, they're going to forget something I said. And education, I want to impart, is so important. 
But I always tell them, I leave them with this one statistic. And I said, if you remember nothing else from this presentation, remember this. And this is a recent 2022 statistic from the Trevor Project. LGBTQ plus youth who have at least one accepting adult in their life are 40% less likely to commit suicide. I know that is heavy and also it's life-changing, literally. You can be a person who saves a young person's life just by affirming them, accepting them, helping them find community. You know, it does not have to be rocket science to accept and love our young people. And when I say that you can save a life, I mean I mean that literally. Um, this is a very, very challenging time politically and socially in our country. And we have to be at the forefront of saving these young people and making sure that they grow up to have a wonderful and beautiful future. Well, I think those are some very, very wise words. Jay, and thank you for sharing that. Um, and thank you for the work that you do. I think it's remarkable. How can our listeners reach you if they have questions or if they want to know more? Yeah, a great resource for our listeners would be to visit our website. So that's going to be at www.kaleidoscopelgbtq.org. So I'll spell that out for you as well. That's www.kaleidoscopelgbtq.org. And at our website, you can find tons of resources related to LGBTQ plus youth, parent support, therapeutic services, um, articles related to the intersection of autism and um, LGBTQ plus identities. Um, you're also welcome to email us at kaleidoscope at thehelpgroup.org. Again, that's K-A-L-E-I-D-O-S-C-O-P-E at thehelpgroup.org. Well, thank you so much, Jay, for your time and for sharing some terrific and impactful information with us today. Thank you so much, Gilda. It's really been an honor and a pleasure to talk with you today. If you like what you hear, please subscribe to the podcast. You can find it on Apple iTunes, Amazon Music, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and other popular platforms. Don't forget to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And you can always access us and other great resources on our website, www.autismresourcepodcast.com. I want to thank our listeners for spending a part of their day with us. This is the Autism Resource Podcast, and I'm Gilda Evans, reminding you to take care of yourself and that special person in your life.